What's up guys, welcome back at the Artist Coaching Podcast with me, Joey Suki, back at it. Uh, today we're gonna listen to an episode of my masterclass because last week I uploaded 8 episodes on my YouTube channel and on my Facebook channel. And these episodes uh, were actually cut from my online masterclass. So um, yeah, it's in video and I think it's valuable to a lot of you. In this masterclass, I will cover more stuff uh, about my production process, about my thoughts on the music industry overall. Uh, so if you think that's interesting to you and, uh, and it's about 90 minutes of stuff. So yeah, it's on my YouTube channel. If you want to check it out, feel free to check it. But this episode is a cut from it um, and I will upload a few more of these this week. So if you prefer to listen to this in the car or while you're running or whatever, uh, this is a better way to listen to it instead of watching a video. So that's what I'm going to do for uh, the upcoming few days or weeks. You will see a few episodes from, uh, from the masterclass. This is the first one. Um, and I hope you like it, enjoy it, sit back, relax, and have fun. When I started producing in my home, at my home, at my parents actually, um, I didn't have that much of equipment, not that special equipment actually, just the simple things, just the basic things that you really need to get started actually. I just asked my nephew who supported me at that time with, with getting started with music, I just asked him to join me um, to go to the music shop and he just advised me on what material material I should use and what material I should have bought because I didn't want to spend that much money. I thought my budget at that moment was about thousand euros for a, a computer and everything else. So the whole package actually. Um, I ended up buying a Dell computer, like a simple Windows computer, no tuning or whatsoever, just a simple thing. Um, I bought Behringer's, um, Behringer speakers, I think they cost me about 250 euros. I bought a mini keyboard, so um, I think it was 24 keys, it's a really small one, I, I couldn't play any piano whatsoever so that didn't bother me. Um, and what else did I have? I, I bought like a, a small sound card, like an external sound card that I used, but that actually was more just to control the speakers with a volume button than it was anything else. So it wasn't anything special or whatsoever. Um, my nephew had a lot of plugins, so he gave it to me, so it's kind of illegal. Uh, but yeah, I, I always made a promise to myself that when I started making money with music, I wanted to buy the plugins and that's what I eventually did. So at that moment, I just started off with some illegal material and just started working on music and I had the time because I wasn't uh, I wasn't I didn't have any school at that moment so I had all the time in the world so when I woke up when I woke up I just put on my bedrobe walked downstairs made breakfast walked, walked back upstairs and just started working on music and just used all the material that I had because at that moment the thousand euros was like a ton for me um, and it still is of course but at that moment it was really that much so I just really wanted to make this work and I really liked making music and I really liked starting with it and experiencing new things and uh, evolving and getting to the next step every day, learning every day. That, that's what really kept me going from the beginning. So yeah, just simple material, just a computer, uh, a monitor speaker, a simple MIDI keyboard and a small like volume box. That's actually all the things that I used to get started with.
I actually started off with Cubase. Um, and that's because of my nephew, because he used Cubase. He just um, re recommended me to start using Cubase as well. I know a lot of people nowadays start with uh, Fruity Loops because it seems to be easier. Um, I just started with Cubase because my nephew recommended it to me and he helped me in that program. So Cubase was the first for me, Cubase 3, uh, if I remember it well. I think it was Cubase 3, SX. Um, but it, and it did really well. I really liked it uh, and I especially liked it because somehow I really um, could get rough beats out of it. It really sounded like cracky and full and I really liked it. Until the moment where I went to the Rock Academy. It's like a, a school here in Holland, a music school. And they kind of um, asked me to change to Logic because their lessons were being teached in Logic. And if I wasn't using Logic, it's kind of hard to, yeah, to, to use the, the material of school. So they asked me to change to Logic and buy a MacBook. And so that was quite an investment as well. But I, I ended up doing it. I bought a MacBook. Uh, I installed Logic and got a lot of new plugins. Um, and that's where I started using Logic. And in the beginning, I really hated it because in my opinion, Logic is sounding way clearer. So it's really fresh and crispy and clearer and less more fat. And that's what I always liked in my tracks, to have those fat beats, fat bass. Um, that's what Cubase gave me in some kind of way. I, I don't really know if it's about the sound engine or the, just the user experience, but to me, it was a big difference. So I really needed to get used to the, um, to the experience of, of Logic and to the sound of Logic. And I, I needed to change a lot of things in my productions uh, to get the same th sound that I had in Cubase, to get the same sound out of Logic at that time. Um, but I was at the music school, so I had a lot of people around me who could help me with that, so it was a good choice. And I, all, I from that point, I always stayed with Logic. I like the program, I like how it works, I like working with Apple, I like working with MacBooks. Um, so it never crossed my mind to change uh, DAW again. Um, but yeah, you know, a lot of people are working in Fruity Loops. I know Layback Luke works in Fruity Loops. I think Afrojack works in Fruity Loops, Appster, uh, Bassjackers, all those guys. And they end up doing really well, you know. So I don't think it's all about the program that you use. It's about the person who is behind the program. How creative are you? Um, how good are you in, in thinking about solutions to get to the point where you want to go? Um, it's not about the material, you know, it's about the person who controls the material. So if you work in Fruity Loops or in Logic or in Cubase or Reason or whatsoever, everyone has, has the same kind of chances and opportunities to become big as anyone else. So it's not about DAW, it's about yourself actually. Um, external hardware, I never used it. Well, yeah, I, I used one thing and it's not really officially an external hardware. It's from Universal Audio and it's an external device which looks like some kind of hard disk, um, but there's like software on it. So it's not really hardware. Actually, it's not like a, like a synth or a keyboard or whatsoever that's outside of your computer. I always worked in the box, in the laptop, in the computer software plugins. Um, I never used it and that's because I liked the way uh, of working with software. It's so easy because it, you can save presets and you can, can get all those sounds back in an instant click. 
And when you create a sound on a hardware scene, it was really hard at that time to recover that sound and you have to save and write down all the settings you've put on the compression or whatsoever. So I never really liked that way of working. Um, and in my opinion, the, the difference in sound wasn't that big uh, to make the change, you know, because I think maybe I can hear the difference and maybe a lot of other music professionals can hear the difference, but I don't think that your sister or brother or your mother or father will hear the difference between a hardware synth or a software synth. So, um, and in the end, those are the people who are going to listen to your music. So that was one of the reasons for me as well to not invest in hardware, but invest in software. And uh, the workflow in software was also one of the things that I liked more about software. Headphones versus microphones. Um, at first, when I started off, I really believed in working with um, monitor speakers because I just liked, I really liked the way to, to hear the room as well and to, to get a feeling of how the, how the track sounds in a room. Um, and that's something that's really hard to recreate in a, in a headphone because, you know, this is the room and when you have a speaker, you have a way bigger room with reflections and different kinds of walls and carpet or, or, or a wooden floor. It's all different. And I just like the, the way of listening to music like open air, I, I liked it way better. So that's why I never used a headphone at that period. But after a few years, someone recommended uh, a headphone to me which is from Biodynamic, uh, which also has open air, so it sounds completely different than, um, let's say, the Sennheiser headphone, the DJ headphone, the HT25, I think it is, uh, or the Pioneer headphone. It's, it's an open shelf, so it sounds like you're still in a room. It's a really different experience. And I used that once, and I was sold immediately, because sometimes I wanted to make music at home or in, the, in, in a hotel room or whatsoever, and I, and I still needed, like, some kind of good reference and that's where I needed the microphone because uh, I always ended up finishing my tracks in the studio but when I was somewhere else or if I wanted to have a different reference than my studio I just picked the headphones the the biodynamics and I really liked working with them they're not that expensive it's also a way cheaper experience um, and the thing is if you have a home studio you know and you have neighbors it's really easy to work with headphones because you don't feel the bass, you know, like your neighbors are not going to complain about it. So for people with home studios, I think it's it's a great solution as well. But nothing is going to defeat listening to your music on monitor speakers in the end. Yeah, I think that's like I said before, you know, like you can have the best material out there. You can have the sickest studio on earth. But if you don't know what you're doing or if you're not creative at all, it doesn't matter what kind of material you have like sometimes I see people buying stuff for like 5,000 euros 10,000 euros and they have a, let's say someone buys like a, a, a $10,000 speaker and they put it in a room that isn't acoustically treated or whatsoever so it's just crap so you can put it in a, in a normal room but then your speaker isn't, isn't gonna perform the way it should be so everything needs to be on the same level if you have five thousand dollar speakers you should have a really expensive sound card and if you have an expensive sound card you should have an expensive computer and an expensive microphone and every everything needs to be on the same level there and still if you have all those material and if you have all those things you need to get a really high level production 
you still need to know what you're doing you know like you still need to know all the the technical stuff behind it like why do you use compression why do you use limiting uh, why do you want to parallelize mix these things or why do you want to parallelize compress these things everything is, is just knowledge and you need to know it because otherwise you can buy all the things in the world but in the end it's all about you it's all about what you know how creative you are and what you do with the material you have in the studio so material is not necessarily the key to success it's it's good to have you know and uh it's it's it could make things easier but in the end it's all about the producer itself